0: Hey, hey, welcome to the show today. I have an amazing guest yet again. I'm telling you, I just, I'm so excited because one of the things that I love to do is meet people. I love to have conversations. I love connecting. So I want to meet you. I want to connect with you. And one of the new things as part of the new talk show format is I'm going live with some of our guests. And we had so many things flood in last week After Tammy Cho's episode aired, that I invited Tammy to join me for a live event, a live Q and A session, and she's going to take Paths to the Heart a little bit deeper with us on Monday, February 20th at three o'clock. Be sure you check the show notes below, and at the end, I've got a little deeper insight into what we're going to be talking about. So stick around to the very end. My guest today is author Jackie Edry. Y'all, Jackie just she is just incredible. She talks about and has done research into our sensory system. You know, Jackie had a massive brain tumor and had brain surgery. And after that, she experienced so many things that really helped her better understand and relate to the autistic students she had been working with in her research and also with her own children who are neurodivergent. And she said, oh my gosh, so many things about the sensory system and the movement, how our bodies move and regulate. So we actually talk about some stemming in this and and like, it's not a quote unquote behavior, you know, and we are going to mention and talk just a little bit about some ABA things that came up in Jackie's world that she was not happy about that really changed the course of her research and her life. Guys, this book that she's talking about, the title is called Moving Forward, and we're going to be diving into what's in the book, more about Jackie's life, how she came to the world, our world and community of the autistic brain and our multiple and you know co-occurring conditions and, and different neurotype combos. You know, I'm a I'm an Audi HDer. Um, so you know, and I know a lot of you guys are too. And we're gonna be talking about so many different elements in this and the conversation about stemming and about sensory system. Join us. And you're going to love Jackie. Be sure you go and get her book moving forward. And I love the title because it's all about the momentum, you know, body at rest stays at rest, a body in motion stays in motion. And most of us are bodies in motion folks, or at least most of us. Right. Um, So tune in, stick with us, have fun, you know, put together some questions. If you have them for Jackie and Hey, hit me up on the gram or, or if you're here on the podcast, had some notes. There's a question down there. It says, how'd you like this episode? Share with me what you loved about the episode. I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. And I really, really want you to join us live on Monday so that you can be part of the conversation to keep talking about the path to our heart and deeper connection to ourselves and that authentic self that we're all looking for with Tammy next week. Let's get going with Jackie hi i'm carol jean late identified autistic adhd human and your host of the mind your autistic brain talk show and burnout restoration unveilers community you're about to experience the new way to thrive as a neurodistinct brain and body by getting off the chronic cycle burnout loop for good by unveiling your authentic self defining what thriving feels like for you knowing your burnout signpost, so those top 20 burnout warning signs are a thing of the past, and stepping into your best life as the creator and leader you are meant to be. Get ready, because this is where we go against the mainstream, say no to outdated self-care tips, and we say yes to who we are in order to create an energized, authentic, peaceful, and harmonized world. Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain. And my guest is author Jackie Edry. She's joining us from Israel. And you know, I got my whole host of buddies over there in Israel, Morty and Hen. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hope you're listening out there. We're going to be talking about Jackie's book. We're going to be talking about Jackie's journey. Welcome to the show, Jackie. I am so excited you are here and that we are getting to chat all things autism and neurodiversity, brain surgery and face and all of your sensory insights from your journey
1: welcome to the show thank you so much i'm delighted to be here and honored jackie start us off with how did
0: autism enter your world how did how did this knowledge and this awareness of autism maybe what it is enter your world for the first time
1: well Actually, I was in high school. It was a million years ago. And autism was, I, I think the statistics back then were something like 10,000 or something. It was like barely known. It was definitely a long time ago. <laughs> and, and a group of parents parents came and said they were setting up a program for their son, a home program. It was kind of like, a, it was a Sunrise. It was a book that at that time, Barry and Kaufman and they were doing sort of a child center approach uh, Therapy in their home, and they were looking for volunteers. So I volunteered, and I met this beautiful little boy. His name was—he's uh, just a gorgeous little child. And I stayed with him for a few years. And all the time, I was going to be a veterinarian. And we, that was a very interesting program, very child-centered, lots of games and fun. And He, he started to progress, um, and I, I fell in love with him. And then I went to college. I was doing pre-med, pre-vet stuff. And then a friend of mine said, oh, we, there's a camp. The Association in Manhattan for Autistic Children has a camp in, in, in the mountains. Um, take these kids out of the city to upstate for, for the summer. Do you want to come work? So I said, sure. So I spent three consecutive summers at camp with the teenagers, and it was an incredible experience. Also, we did light water canoeing and mud fights. So, like, everything was... Treating the, the kids just like regular kids, just had communication difficulties and whatever they had. Most of them were nonverbal, but everything else was totally regular and we had a great time. Um, and then after that, I decided that I was really had to e- examine autism more in depth. And I was curious about uh, how exercise influences the stimming, because I thought that what was going on in the camps is when we were doing stuff with kids, swimming, whiteboard swimming, a lot of sports, the stimming would naturally de- decrease and then I would see kids in a, a school setting or something that was much more and it was I was curious I thought maybe if exercise would uh, would help reduce the uh, stimming and what, not, what I know now is balance out the sensory system but at that was that was the language that I had and what I was thinking um, and then I went to the school I was accepted to a school which was one of the first behavior modification schools in America. They were writing books and they were doing all kinds of things. And I was honored they accepted me to do my experiment there. And I walk in and I saw what was now called ABA. But it was, it was such a traumatic experience for me to see what was going on with these kids. And lo and behold, even though it was a different state, the child I'd worked with had been moving around and was in the school, but he was a teenager. Instead of uh, you know five, he was now thirteen, and he was aggressive, frustrated. And it was one of the saddest things I'd ever seen. And I switched my thesis to why sh- somebody should not do behavior modification and have more. Uh, uh, the only one thing was like normal is not not normal as per sick and normal, but like. Typical ways of educating kids, uh, autistic kids, as opposed to doing this, this artificial stuff, you know, just signing and tying kids in chairs, doing sweets every two minutes and padded rooms. And all. <laughs> I can't even think about it without getting off base. So that was my, th- so I changed my thesis and I wrote a business comparing the two different kinds of three different environments. And-, and then I left it. And then I moved to Israel after college and I got married and had a family and my. My second child, my son, was autistic. So I had all the preparation that I needed, and I was very fortunate and blessed. This is part of the faith faith stuff, that that God had definitely prepared me, given me the tools I needed to understand, never to go down the ABA route with my son, which was highly recommended to do that. I'm very fortunate that he didn't. And to understand what I was up against, as opposed to thinking it was just terrible, horrible, scary things, rather than it was just a difference. And we had to learn to teach him in a different way and make accommodations for him. Then I had another bunch of kids, and all of them are neurodivergent in different ways. and, And it's great.
0: I love that. You probably have the most entertaining household. Oh, yeah. I know our household is very entertaining with so many neurodivergent
1: brains. <laughs> it is. We never get bored. And when they good to get bored, then the dog keeps us busy. I know. I think our, between all of us and the dogs, we we
0: stay pretty active and busy. Oh, yeah. So, Jackie, I'm really interested because some of the things that you mention and talk about and the sort of your passion is the sensory aspect because you had an event in your life that changed your sensory system. Would you share a little bit about that with us, please? And sort of what your insights have been and and how you've, you have found that the things that you're using to help in your sensory regulation, is something that also is helping autistic
1: people like myself. Sure. Um, well, when I was uh, in 2003, I started to feel kind of like a car that was running out of gas. I just wasn't wasn't okay and I, my tests were okay. My blood work was okay. And I just didn't feel right. And I started losing hearing in uh, one of my ears. Uh, I felt like I was hearing through a wad of cotton, even though my hearing tests were were okay. Um, there was I couldn't understand what people were saying to me on, on the left side of my uh, my left ear and and I started to get a stiff neck and headaches and all kinds of funny things, waking up at night and pressure headaches. And after about a year of this feeling awful, um, my uh, ENT sent me to a, an MRI. And it turned out I had a whopping huge tumor on my brainstem with all these critical nerves involved. And it, was, it, it had been there for many years, but it was a slow-growing, unfortunately, a benign tumor. Thank God, thank God it was benign, but it had gotten so big, it was like five centimeters round. Uh, on my brainstem, which is a small part of the brain. It's just taking over the whole thing, and the nerves involved. Very, very dangerous. I was very lucky because it had gone into my ear canal, which messed my hearing, which was what enabled us to diagnose me before I just fell. Uh, and the doctor was very surprised I was on my feet. And within a few weeks, I was in surgery and had a very long, complicated surgery. And when I woke up, I had all my sensory perception and processing scrambled. So the things that I had seen uh, in terms of my, the kids I worked with uh, and my own children, I suddenly had them all. Uh, all of my senses were disorganized. In addition, there was no coordination. I didn't. I had to learn how to uh, walk, talk, eat, swallow. Um, re, you know, reorganize my body. To date, I have issues with my body. I have. A, my left side is not particularly—it's not as functional as it, it could be, and I can't use my left arm particularly well. But uh, so I had no organization. So and then crossing midlines and all these other things, and severe, um, irre- severely irregular auditory and visual processing, and they rule. I mean, auditory and visual processing give us all of our perception. So. My vestibular system went out of whack as well because I, I wasn't seeing properly and I wasn't picking up hearing properly and picking up movement properly. So I would get vertigo, my world would turn upside down. I had uh, Irland, which which diagnosed, it's called earlin uh, syndrome. I, I had developed uh, se- uh, severe light sensitivity. These are earlin lenses that are custom color glasses. that were um, an earlin provider can help you determine the, the color of the lens that you need um, to stabilize your visual field which is amazing Um but i'll talk about a little bit about you in a few minutes but uh, before I had that i actually couldn't even really um, walk down a staircase or drive a, ride in a car when someone else was driving with my eyes open i would have to close my eyes or i'd talk to somebody and their face would melt or double um, you know things were always moving and spinning and couldn't see whether the stair would start or finish, or walk at a, a fast speed. Colored lights, all the ca- malls—oh my! Shopping malls were a nightmare, and school performance was even far worse nightmare. And I couldn't even think about going to a wedding, any kind of concert, any—you know—like all my senses were just scrambled. And I learned a lot, and 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 not probably the most I know, something I was blessed with was at the same time my body was going ballistic and my sensories going overwhelmed, at the same time I was always stepping back and analyzing what was going on, which was kind of curious, you know, like trying to figure out what it is and thinking, oh, now what is – how does that apply to my son and the other kids that I've seen? And this is very interesting. What part of my brain is doing? So it's like there's two voices going on all the time in my, in my head. The, the one that had been the parent, teacher – somewhat, I don't think I was ever completely neurotypical, but somewhat (laughs) neurotypical person to the one that's living in this body that's doing whatever the heck it wants, and my sensory boss whatever it wants, and and trying to figure out um, how to help myself and then pass that along to, to help others, because sensory stuff rules. I mean, if you have a whack sensory system, nothing, no matter of reasoning, can make you overcome that. You have to Compensate You have to calm it down. So I could not say I'm going to go into this loud uh, performance um, or this, you know, party or this graduation because my kid's there and I'm going to tell my brain to ignore the other stuff going on there. There are the flashlights, the loud sounds. And I'm going to tell my brain to ignore it because I know it's not threatening and scary. It's just it's just, you know, I'll ignore it that I'm going to be dizzy. I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to enjoy it because it's a great day. Well, I could say that to my brain. But my brain wouldn't care because my brain would go nuts the minute, five, ten minutes, and then it would shut down parts of my body. I couldn't walk, I would freeze, I would like have this flight, you know, fight, flight, freeze, uh, all these reactions, even though cognitively at the same time I was trying to negotiate with my brain, it doesn't work. And that was a real insight because I, I realized you just there's no point in fighting with sensory stuff ever. You can you know, trying to figure out how many minutes you can deal with any situation you want, but right? you cannot fight with it. And it could be any one of the senses. It could be tactile. It could be food. It could be... So, like, all these people do these therapies to... or, 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 or behavioral treatments to change these sensory things, and and it's, it's cruel cool. <laughs> Because a child, if this child is having these experiences and they're forced to do things, they're going to feel... Awful and I'm not at any at all surprised now in the last few years that the autistic voices are screaming saying I have PTSD because of the ABA that was done with me, because there is no question in my mind that a person who's forced into a sensory overwhelming situation will have PTSD. It's very traumatic, physically, emotionally, and everything. And if that's the one of the main reasons I wrote my book. Was to get that information out there because I know there's um, such a huge industry behind all of these things, and it's it's uh, and parents are are also um, taught to assume that their their kid is really messed up um, and their their stimming is uh, is uh, behavioral things that need to be changed and stuff and it really it's not it's not. Stimming balances out the system. I'm not saying let your kid stand in a corner and and stim all day long. What I am saying is if your kid is stimming, there's a reason the kid is stimming. And you can go to that child and try and see what the problem is. Sometimes just changing something in the sensory environment or sometimes just engaging them will calm their sensory system and balance it out. But it has a purpose. And when when the, the body no longer needs it or the brain no longer needs it, the stim goes away on its own. And the interesting thing that happened to me was that my physical therapist, she, works, she worked with adults. She was a neurological physical therapist and vestibular and things like that. And I, I got this feeling like these weights were pushing my body like, 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 I don't know, like 50 pounds were pushing me. And I couldn't stand up straight because these weights were pushing me. This crazy stuff was going on in my body. But I was standing there and it was pushing me. And so I find myself in the kitchen, like rocking back and forth. I'm standing in the middle of the kitchen, taking, I'm laughing at myself, I'm saying, what am I doing? I'm standing in the middle of the kitchen rocking, right? But the physical therapist came and she said to me, hold on to the chair and rock back and forth. And I looked at her and said, what? She said, hold on to the chair and rock back and forth. And I said, no, why are you telling me to do that? She said, because rocking balances out the the vestibular system. I said, really? Now, if I was an autistic child, you would tell me I was, I was uh, stimming and behaving badly, and you were trying to get me not to do it. You, here, physical therapist, are teaching me to rock. I couldn't believe it. It's, it's an you... amazing
0: thing, because yeah. stimming is, and one of the things that I try and, and highlight and talk about is, you know, there's this misconception, this false belief that stimming is a negative, that it's a bad thing that you, are, you should suppress it, you should hide it, it's annoying, it's distracting. You know, in the classroom, you, you distract other children in work, you know, it's distracting, people can't concentrate, you know, and all of these things that, that are highlighted as negative. I'm sitting here stimming. I have this fabulous spiky ring that I roll on my finger back and forth, and it helps me focus, and I do it all the time.
1: Yeah, you don't see what's going on in my under
0: the table here, but that's okay. <laughs> but, you know, growing, growing up, I, I recognized I had these stems, things that were subtle, but that helped regulate. Like I would push my fingers into my thighs and count, and I would keep a rhythm or make things move. And it was all about regulating my, my system. It was all about focusing or channeling my, my excess ADHD energy. Um, and being, and it allowed me to feel good. Yeah. It allowed me to feel focused, to feel calm, to feel happy and joyful. I mean, I run and I didn't start running until I was 42 and I'm 48 now. So when I started running, first of all, it was like the most, horrific, torturous thing in the whole wide world. And I hated it, but I knew I needed to do it. There was something in my brain that just said, you need to try this because there's a happy in there. You just haven't found it yet. So I'm like, okay. So I just kind of kept going and I did it at my own pace. And all of a sudden, one day I was running. And the vibration Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and the rhythm from my shoes on the pavement, I didn't realize it till I'd gotten home. And maybe even a day or two later, we really, really, I got the download right. You get those downloads when you something, uh, uh, you know, sort of the epiphany happens. And I was sitting there. I went, "Oh my gosh, I've had so much calm in my body and quiet in my mind, and I've had focus, and I felt good. I slept better." And I started to recognize that that running became, it was really a regulation for my body. And it was, it was my stem, you know, when I stand in line, and I have to wait at the grocery store, something I rock back and forth from foot to foot. Um, I'm constantly I am a body in motion that stays in motion. <laughs> and it's, you know, one of the things that that I studied um, was vision science, and specifically vision therapy, and how you regulate and find your center of balance and how quite often there are things that have happened that can throw off how our brain processes what our center of gravity is what our balance is and so I love what you're talking about so Jackie I love the way that the title of your book starts moving forward the action it's moving forward so in your book what are people going to be learning moving forward what is some of the sensory things that you were really
1: passionate about teaching and sharing in this okay. to move forward well um moving forward is really something everything to do in life Okay, for me um we can go have lots of ups and downs good days and bad days and, and, and successes and failures and and, and and not want to get out of bed in the morning, and you know, all kinds of different things. And and moving forward has to do with every aspect of life is to just keep going and growing and learning and doing and challenging and figuring stuff out. And and that really is how I try to live my life. Um, and I I don't think you know like society is so so goal oriented and the schools are so so goal oriented and, and comparing one person to another and then you go and what you do to go now. And, and I, and they're so focused on the goal. It's not really on the process. And I, I like to look at things as part of the process because what you do every day. Uh, as part of the process is that forward movement. And that's for me, um, the focus. And, and that's why I chose the title. And it's, it's, um, Part of it has to do with like gaining understanding and, and having have everything tied together. I mean, my life has, has been really strange. The book takes on a, on a journey of, you know, I, I, I'm a religious uh, Jew. I grew up non-religious in America. I, without any particular reason other than uh, God had mercy on me and, and, and gave me an inner voice that I learned to listen to. And that's how I really see it. Um, so, I came to Israel just to visit it after college because I was curious to see what it was like. And I whoop, found myself in love and and stay here um, because I just knew it was my home and it was the right place for me to be. So, I went through sort of a journey. Um, and then that journey to so the sp- spiritual movement where it was understanding who I am, who my people are, where I come from, uh, what my place is in the world. that. Constant asking myself, "What? Why am I here? And, and what's my mission? And what am I? Uh, what am I? What am I supposed to do with my life?" And I actually, that, that's the theme that runs through almost all of my book. And certainly, at the, the time I was operating healing is how do all these different pieces fit together with my life? Because you know, I always wanted to be a vet, and then suddenly I'm, I'm with autism, and then I have an autistic son, and then I, uh, you know, I wind up working in, in, in education and marketing, all these things, not thinking that was where I was going to go in life, and then and then suddenly I uh, have brain surgery, and then I wind up sensory scrambled, and then uh, that gave me all these insights and understanding about my purpose in life, and about autism and my, and all the kids, all the different types of uh, neurodiversity, and then what am I supposed to do next? Ah, I have to help others because I'm not that many people can be on both sides of the coin, live through it, and know how to write and mark it. So I said, ah, okay, that means I'm supposed to write a book and a blog. And sort of the whole thing uh, is going round and round, and, and it's all connected. And that that's what it means to me, basically, uh, the forward move and, and, and the circular. It's forward and circular. It's kind of interesting because everything ties them together, things that look disconnected 10, 20 years down the road, suddenly we realize it's all been part of a journey. It's all connected. Um, oh, it
0: is. And I, I love having this conversation with you because I think in late identified life, that is just, that is the biggest thing. I remember that hitting me so hard. And of course it all culminated around 40, which you know, I think all those great big thoughts happen about that time. Um, but then also receiving an identification and you yeah. sort of have this identity crisis
1: mm.
0: of so many elements you know and you get to this place where and i i went through you were describing so beautifully what i have in my heart in my own experience mm. and that was who am i what is my purpose why am i here you know i've had all these experiences how do i share them how do i Serve others, you know. How do I live in a way that is in alignment with my values, and yeah. not just set these arbitrary goals, but really live mm-hmm. with intention?
1: Exactly.
0: Right. Yep. And I think part of that really is that soul, that journey of your soulful self. Sure. That sure. Um, element of faith and spirituality mm-hmm. that we. As humans, that's that's part of our embodiment. That's part of the gift that we have mm-hmm. in this. And so often, and I, I was in a training seminar uh, several months ago, and I loved this. One of the participants said, "We approach life, and we look at life, and we know that life, in its own existence, is flawed. We know." That life is difficult. We know that it's challenges. We know that it is imperfect. Mm -hmm. Yet we show up with this limiting and false belief that life is supposed to be, or the standard of which we are supposed to live life every day, has to be perfect. Ah, okay. And when we start to truly look at life and acknowledge and embrace that it is beautifully. Flawed, that is wonderfully imperfect and that it is the journey in all of that and how we move forward how we bring everything together because nothing that we do in our life is ever wasted no experience is ever yes, if we if we pay mind to it it certainly isn't that's no for sure.
1: yeah.
0: and i love how you how you bring your 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 soulful self, your purpose, your experiences into your book and how you're describing your journey in the Jackie, if you had to share the one thing that you would like someone to take away from reading your book, what is that one thing?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. So I had to give it a really long title because I couldn't limit it to one thing. Um, I think the whole journey, realizing the journey the, that we are on a journey that we do need to um, and this to seek understanding all the time and, and respect respect that somebody is different and we are not in their shoes. we can't possibly understand the challenges that other people have. And we must never, ever assume, especially if someone can, you know, be masking or or that's one thing that happens a lot. Another thing, like my son is practically nonverbal. And to, but to assume that there is a, a whole healthy um, person inside that's, a divine soul with desires and, and wants, and maybe and maybe yes, and maybe not. It depends. But uh, that can completely see themselves as a person wanting a like 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 my son. Like I said, he's practically nonverbal, but, but he has a lot of uh, internal knowledge, and he wants to. He sees himself finding a job and uh, getting married and having having kids, and like it's part of his life. Um, and even though it it might. Be difficult to achieve those things. One must always assume that, that everybody has their internal desires, even if they can't express themselves. Um, and to, to try and always do that searching, searching what, what our purpose is and to searching what for other people to, to, to uh, you know, I think our mission is to make life better. And I do end, end, uh, end the book talking about the pandemic as well. And, and, and you know, what all this means, everything. And, and I think a lot of it really is that we're here to figure out our journeys and and to try from where we are to make somebody's life better. I think that's that's really the message that's from start to finish, that that's what we need. Everyone can do it. We shouldn't be pulled down by the, the corruption and the terrible things the governments are doing in the world, particularly now, uh, which is very upsetting, um, but say, okay, I can't necessarily combat all this stuff, but I can start in my home and in my, my, my community and, and gradually reach out and jump on LinkedIn, and then you can meet lots of people and do it. But but uh, to try and look around you and, and see what people need and make an impact, a positive impact, because um, we all have the power to do that. We're, we're all here for a reason. It's divine, we're all divine humans with a purpose and one person's purpose might be that they won't be able to talk their entire life and they will need services but that everyone around them learns to be better humans or or that they when my son my son was in a a, he was in a a pre-army prep program here in Israel and he was the only person that was in inclusion there and most of the other guys now are officers uh in the army and with the rabbis they said uh that he really helps them because the other teens there have learned that they they don't have to speak badly of others they they can try hard and they can overcome their their their, uh, their barriers that there's a different way to do things and he actually by watching by observing him in his quiet way they all grew so i mean everyone has a purpose and it's just trying to understand that
0: oh jackie i couldn't agree with you more I think that is something that is is also one of the things I value greatly. Meaningful work, contribution, growth, wisdom, and health. You'll see my values. And I think that is such a beautiful place to be where we have the space and the agency within ourselves to reflect on those things. Mm -hmm. Because I think so often we get caught in the, the comparison trap, which is, of course, the thief of joy, and and the survival. Yeah. So many of us are just seeking to survive so often in our life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the questions that I started asking them that I would love to know from you, because I think that reflection brings about awareness. And awareness gives us the clarity, or at least the direction to start moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to pause to reflect. And so my question for you is looking back on your life. And if you look at at all of the things that you have been through and the challenges you faced in the, the mountaintops you have climbed to, because that rare air is only meant for a small time Mm -hmm. before we, we climb our next one. What do you look back and it's the one thing you could say, I wish I had known this or I wish I had done this differently or I wish I hadn't done this that created the biggest pivotal place of awareness and growth moving forward for you? Uh,
1: that's that's a, that's a really difficult I, I don't know if, if I can I can give you a, a specific answer on that. I mean, it's kind of a philosophical thing, you know. Like, a part of Judaism, before you go to bed every night, you say you know you say a prayer and and you do a, a reflection. You think about everything that's been positive or everything that's been negative and, and, and during the day. And and also part of Judaism is is this understanding that we have come to this world to. To fix something, whether it, we were another spirit, like if we were, you know, reincarnation or, or whatever, but we didn't finish our journey in the last time around and we're here to fix some, something. So that actually, the things of the imperfection that you we were talking about, you know, uh, part of do that. I mean, we it's an awareness that we are imperfect, and we we will encounter imperfections. And, and, and if we have these trials and tribulations, it's because we need to, to fix them. We need to address them. There's something that, that's not finished yet, um, And that, that's a fundamental base of the, the philosophical part of Buddhism. Of, of um, if I had known more about, you know, like it doesn't really help me to uh, look and say, oh, you know, why do I do that? And there's a lot of things that I can think about in my life that I prefer probably not to think about, uh, particularly, you know, in my younger years. And, and I mean, my life, if you'd asked me when I was younger if my life looked like it does now, there's no way I even dreamt in my wildest dreams that I would be living in Israel with a bunch of kids and, and doing what I'm doing. No way. Um, but there's no... It's not a one thing. It's just this, this, this understanding that even though I, I might have messed up with a lot of things, not might have, I messed up with a lot of things. There's no question. But if that, that was part of the journey, part of it was things I was educated with different value system than the value system I adopted. Um, and part of it is you know things I've been aware of. Part of it is culture, and part of it was. It, there's so many different factors. So one can sort of look at, look back, and, and, and be sorry. One can say, "Okay, I learned part of the journey," and I'm not going to wallow in my um, mistakes. I'm, I'm fortunate that my mistakes weren't mistakes usually that were, were hurtful to others, and that, that was something you know I tried not to do most of my life, but, but I think that's it, another part of Judaism is that you can always um, repent and, and, and start over. And, and, and there are sins, you know, like sins, if you want to categorize, sins between a person and God, and there are also sins between people if you don't treat people um, the way you want to or they should be. And, and, and to, to understand that we always, no matter how bad we, we mess up, we can always say, "Okay, I'm going to try now. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to I'm going to try and fix these things that need to be fixed and move forward. And again, we're back to the moving forward, right? And the back to the forgiving oneself for for those passing. Because I think if a person focuses on the the half empty, and, and that's the other thing, the the appreciating what you have, which makes life peaceful. If you every day just even through a hard period, say, but wait, I can do these things. You suddenly realize how much you have. So, you, you know, the, like other stuff becomes unnecessary. Like people are not, the, become very materialistic and we're brainwashed all day long by advertisements and all these things we must absolutely have and we, You know, I guess, you know, because I got wild over the head and uh, wake up and, and I realize that... Um, I have to learn how to swallow because I can't do that and I have to learn how to talk and I, and I can't take five steps to the to toilet on my own and like you get to this point where you have um you realize that so many little things we take for granted you not know, we shouldn't or that you know my son doesn't say mommy until he's five and then suddenly he doesn't wow you know if we just take the time to appreciate the little things of life then Life becomes peaceful and, and, and good, and, and not easy necessarily, but inner peace. Um, I love that. a little, but <laughs> I don't know if I answered a question, but it kind of you know. it
0: did. It did, and I think you shared so beautifully, Jackie Edry. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing you. your story. Thank you for writing your book, Moving Forward. Reflections on Autism, Neurodiversity, Brain Surgery, and Faith. All of the links to Jackie's blog, jackiesbooks.com, her book below, and where you can find her on LinkedIn will be in the show notes below. Be sure you check out Jackie's book, because... I love how she describes this, the sensory scramble. I think we can all relate to having moments of sensory (laughs) scramble. And it's a really big conversation. So be sure you check it out. Thank you so much for being here today, Jack, My guest last week was Tammy Cho. And we were talking about burnout and how it shows up in the body. Tammy is a self-love embodiment guide. And guys, you have been sending messages. You have been chiming in after listening to that episode. And I mean, like, I think it was in like the first five or 10 minutes, there were like 350 of you guys like already listening or watching that episode with Tammy And you're asking for more. And Tammy has agreed to do a live with me on Monday, February the 20th at 3 p.m. We will be on the Mind Your Autistic Brain Talk Show channel over on YouTube. The link is down in the show notes show notes below. So one of the things that in the unveiling method, when we're going through our values section that comes up as one of the top values that clients in the unveiling method are are looking for that are part of their value system and something that's really important to them, and it's not going to shock you because it's probably one of yours too, authenticity. And that I think is a result of the fact that we recognize that we've mastered camouflaged, and it's you know, we get to this place in our late identified life, of like, well, who am I? Who is the authentic me? I didn't really have a, an opportunity to discover that. And Tammy has this fantastic program. And we're going to be talking about what is it to sort of be authentic, to, to seek that, to, to take that path to your heart, to start trying to connect deeper with yourself, you know, who you are, who you believe yourself to be. You know, if you're an ambitious thought leader, if you're a visionary, if you're a change maker, if you're seeking authenticity, this conversation is absolutely for you on Monday. Come join Tammy and I live. This is one of the new changes that's going to be coming about here on the talk show is I'm going to be hosting live discussions where you can come join us, jump in the chat, say hi, tell us where you're from, you know. Share your question, maybe share your experience on the topic that we're talking about, because I'm going to be going live a whole lot more between now and May. And in May, we're going to be rolling out a whole live format. I'm telling you guys, I have, I have a plan. I have a goal. I have a vision for what the talk show and what Mind Your Autistic Brain will be in the world. And I want you to be a part of it. So come join us live on Monday for this very first one and kick it off with myself and our incredible guest, Tammy Cho. See you on Monday. Go get the link, go hit the notification. Make sure you get the reminder. Don't miss this incredible conversation because there's so much more, you know, you're starting to build your dreams. You know, you're, you're working from the ground up because that's where we start in late identified life. You've got a few strategies. You've put yourself out there a little bit. You know, you've hit a couple of those goals that you may have in mind. You know, you're, you're doing that mindset work. You're doing those things that really shift you from the inside out. You know, you may be part of the unveiling method and Hey, my unveiler, you know, you've ticked a ton of these boxes throughout your life, except, you may be not feeling it on the inside. You know, you keep pushing, maybe you keep pushing yourself back into burnout and it feels like you're always on this uphill battle. Tammy and I are going to be talking about what's, what's the solution? What's the moving forward in that and how do you take that path to your heart? See you on Monday guys.